What's up, podcasters? Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Chief Psycho Podcast. I'm your host, JB, aka Chief Psycho himself. Today's episode, we are going to be having an interview on cybersecurity and all things related to fraud, healthcare, and how you can be more proactive inside of ensuring your cybersecurity initiatives are up to date. With me today is Charles Hale. Charles Hale is the president of Hale Consulting Solutions. It's a consulting firm specializing in cybersecurity and project management for healthcare organizations. Charles brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table with over 25 years working in healthcare technology, project management, and cybersecurity. Specializing in risk assessment, HIPAA compliance, and project management, Charles has led a variety of assessments, implementation projects, and remediation efforts to improve healthcare cybersecurity for major healthcare organizations. He's a frequent attendee and speaker at healthcare and cybersecurity events, sharing his knowledge and expertise with the industry. Charles's insights and expertise have provided valuable information for healthcare organizations to protect patient data and improve their overall cybersecurity posture. Charles received his bachelor's degree in biology from the University of Oregon, a master's degree in biochemistry from the University of Southern California, and he also holds certification in cybersecurity and project management. His cybersecurity certifications are CISM and Security Plus. His project management certifications are PMP and DASM. Charles's current focus is on bringing together his skills, experience, and network of professionals for the benefit of healthcare organizations so they can better understand and manage the complex risks associated with cybersecurity. I'm super excited for you to meet Charles today. Let's hop over to his interview. Hello, Charles. Welcome to the Chief Psycho Podcast. How's it going today? It's going very well. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Jonathan. Me too. Me too. I'm so excited for you to be on with us. Uh, We had a chance to connect very briefly at the Health 2.0 event and then more so afterwards, which is always the fun part about it, right? Absolutely. (laughs) These kind of events that bring people together that never would have met otherwise. I'm really glad we got a chance to to hook up there and uh, continue our conversation. Absolutely. Well, I'd love for um, our listeners to learn a little bit more about you, um, you know, share some of your passions. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about all the uh, fun things and importance of cybersecurity. So (laughs) it's going to be very fun, very digitally focused. And um, I'd love for people to know a little bit more about you. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, So yeah, I've been in the healthcare industry longer than I'd like to admit. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yes, I, I started off kind of working my way through the ranks, starting off at, as a, a business analyst, learning about healthcare and healthcare IT. And, you know, now I have my own consulting business trying to, to help healthcare providers and healthcare organizations stay secure in this increasingly dangerous digital world we're living in. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think it's crazy, um, you know, all the changes that are happening within the field of technology and, and specifically in healthcare. And that's where you and I were really able to, um, I would say, find a, a common ground and connection is the world of project management and the connection within, you know, technology, deployment, development, and all the security stuff and the measures that go in and in, are involved, I guess I should say, and happen behind the scenes, right? Um how did you find yourself really finding a passion inside of, you know, the world of cybersecurity? You know, you started off as a business analyst and where did you see like, Ooh, let's keep moving in this area. <laughs> so I, most of my career was spent not in cybersecurity. I, as I said, started off as a, an analyst, worked up as a developer, you know, working on clinical applications, you know, to help providers, you know, provide healthcare. 
and working on revenue cycle applications to help them to get paid for providing healthcare. And it was about six, seven years ago that, you know, I was introduced to the idea as a project manager of, hey, you know, let's incorporate security as part of developing these applications and deploying these things so that it's not, you know, okay, we've got this thing out in the field, now let's secure it, let's make it secure from the beginning. And that was my, my first introduction to cybersecurity. It just, it opened up a whole new world to me. I, I didn't realize how valuable the data that we have in healthcare is to people who may not have the best intentions or, or want to use it for good things. I mean, we're talking about personal health information. We're talking credit card numbers. We're talking bank accounts. We're talking insurance IDs. It's just a plethora of really valuable information. And historically, we haven't done the best job of securing it and make sure that it's private and safe. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I worked on uh, the HIPAA legislation from a developer point of view back in the, the late 90s, early 2000s. And then, you know, that was a good start, but I realized there's so much more beyond that to, to making this secure. So it, it kind of became a passion. So I, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to, to be able to, to help people understand, you know, what this digital world looks like from a security perspective. Very cool. Very cool. And I know with, you know, everything, not everything, there's something coming out almost on a daily basis about some form of fraudulent or security breach taking place. I think just a couple days ago here in San Diego, T-Mobile had a huge breach of their contracts of confidentiality and all their um, uh, payment information was accessed. So it's crazy when you think about some of these things that are becoming much more easily accessible when you have some crafty person behind the screen that's wanting to do some diabolical things at times, right? Um, so I'd love to know also with the increase of threats really taking place and the shifting landscape of you know what healthcare really is and how artificial intelligence is now really building its <laughs> stake in the ground, how do you see the world of threats, cybersecurity, specifically in the healthcare landscape, changing or evolving over time? Um, I think that the threat, it, it's, it's ever increasing. I mean, we, we, you know, what was considered to be, you know, kind of cybersecurity. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put in a password, you know, not so long ago. <laughs> um, it, it is now developed to a point where I was checking the, the HHS, uh, the, the, um, what we affectionately call the wall of shame, uh, yeah. <laughs> the recent breaches, in the last two years, 78 million people have had their data exposed due to healthcare breaches. I mean, it, it's it's astronomical. It, it's getting to the point now, it's like credit card fraud where you just, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, you know, oh, I see a mysterious charge on my credit card. <sighs> it happened again. Okay, call, cancel, get a new card. It, it's become routine and it, it shouldn't be routine. And definitely in healthcare, it shouldn't be routine. Um, so... You know, we see, you mentioned artificial intelligence. This is a fantastic tool for the defender to be able to go in and say, okay, this, you know, the artificial intelligence can go and say, this pattern doesn't match our normal pattern. So alert someone to take a look at it. It, it can suggest go through your network, go through, you know, your applications and say, hey, you know, here's this one tiny little single line of code in your 16 million code application that, could be a breach. Humans I mean, could do that, but yeah, that, that, that that's tough. Um, but it offers the same opportunity for the bad guys. They can go through and say, 
hey, scan these 16 million lines of code and give me that one piece of code that I can use to get mm-hmm. the application. Um, so okay. it, it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword. Um, I, I am fascinated. I've been playing with ChatGPT since it, it hit the news a couple of months ago. Um, a fantastic tool, having so much fun. So scary. So scary. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is scary. But um, at, at, to your point, you know, I had uh, my debit card and credit cards breached four times in the last six months. So all of my auto pay stuff has been a nightmare because I'm having to go in and change everything. And it's shifting like a revolving door almost. Mm -hmm. And it's scary. And what's even crazier about it is the transactions that I, so I just recently moved to San Diego, as I mentioned. um, And I always at Target. I'm one of those people that are there once, maybe twice a week. And I started getting my card declined at Target. And I'm like, how is it possible that it's declining here within my zip code that it's registered in? But it approved all these Home Depot and Lowe's charges up in San Francisco to stores that I don't even go to. So I'm like, I'm not even remotely close, but those are going through, but these ones aren't. So it's just fascinating to me. And with the whole um, shift in artificial intelligence and how it's really making a large impact, uh, you know, ChatGPT, they had a huge flood of users in the first like couple of weeks of them being announced. Um, I finally was able to get in a couple of weeks ago and have the account working for the most part, I would say. Um, but it's really cool. But what's interesting is I was reading an article the other day about, you know, these cyber threats and some of these changes and how artificial intelligence is playing an aspect but there was something that came out, I want to say it was either yesterday or the day before, and it was about one of those AI typewriters. And not a typewriter like the old school ones, where it was like clank, 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 clank. <laughs> it is like, you know, like a chat feature almost. Yeah. And it was now sharing that it had, quote unquote, human emotions and that it wanted to be more than what it was. And it was, I don't know how real it was or if it was just some facade pushed out by Bing, um, trying to bring more awareness to Bing's chat features or whatever it is, right? But it started creating more augmentation about how they are more than just a technology piece and how they're just more than a component. And you know, we hear about all the crazy funky things about, oh, AI is gonna take over the world. But it's interesting how these different, I would say maybe breadcrumbs, start showing up, and then we will potentially see a rise in other form of threats, whether it is cybersecurity threats or other form of, I don't know, cyber militia, (laughs) if you will. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's just interesting and, you know, how we're seeing these ever evolving issues and ever evolving changes within technology itself, you know, where do you think that there are some added challenges that are going to be, we're going to be facing from a healthcare perspective, either we're the healthcare provider or we're the ones seeking it? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the healthcare industry has some, some major challenges coming up, uh, from the provider's perspective, one of the big challenges we have is healthcare, we have all of this great cutting edge technology, you know, for diagnostic tools and things like that. But in general, there's a lot of legacy living out there. I mean, somebody spent $100 million on an MRI machine in 2001. They don't want to replace it every three yeah. years with a technology <laughs> you know, gets upgraded. Um, so we've got devices out there that are still running on Windows 97. We got devices out there that are still have a, a back-end system that, that's, you know, archaic and hasn't been patched in, in decades in some cases. 
And so there's always that opportunity for people to go out and say, okay, you know, um, we just have vulnerabilities that it's been vulnerable for 20 years and they're taking advantage of it. Um, Healthcare financially is a very difficult space right now too. Um, They're having to be fairly, you know, uh, make some real choices about the priorities and where they want to spend money. Uh, You know, nurses are getting more expensive. Uh, Everything's getting more expensive as far as supplies and everything like that. And so you look at security and you're like, okay, it's important. No one's going to argue that it's important, but is it going to generate more customers? Is it going to provide better health care? As a cybersecurity expert, I would say, yes, absolutely. If your patients have trust in your system, they're going to be more of them. They're not going to go to other, you know, providers. Um, if you have breaches, breaches are very, very expensive. We're, we're talking the average breach in healthcare is over a million dollars between, you know, financial loss and fines. Um, but it's not as immediate as I've got a, a, a new machine that will do more things that I can advertise. I've got a new provider portal that people can come in and, and, and book their own appointments and things like that. So it's really stiff competition for the money and cybersecurity is not cheap. Yeah. Goodness. That's, that's definitely scary. So when we start thinking about, you know, those shifts and those challenges and those issues that both the provider and, you know, a patient can begin thinking about or receiving, um, without thinking about it, right? <laughs> um, what do you believe is going to be the best way forward to really advance that protection as well as advance the awareness as as we begin to share more information? I mean, we also live in such a large subscription economy that we're sharing our information so easily. And, you know, people like us with iPhones and uh, Samsung users, they have all that stuff stored on their phone. So now it's being tracked and traced in so many different realms. And I mean, God forbid you don't clear your cookies and cash, right? Who knows what else is being paper traced? (laughs) No, I mean, you bring up a really good point. I've I've got a a Google Home in the corner listening to everything we say right now. So (laughs) that's the world we live in. Um, I think part of it, it is, you know, going to be a cultural shift within the healthcare industry of recognizing, you know, top to bottom, you know, the healthcare providers, the doctors, the nurses, the IT, the administration, everybody recognizing that this is, you know, a, a critical aspect of healthcare going forward um, and to, to make conscious decisions about, okay, you know, how are we sharing this data? Um, let's do it in a, a responsible manner. Um, I think part of it is going to come back on, on the consumer, on the patients, that they are aware of what data is out there and they're making a conscious decision about, you know, um, I want this data to be available. I, I want to review this data and make sure that someone hasn't come in and been, you know, billing medical charges against my insurance without me knowing mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah. And part of it is just a recognition. I think this is hard for a lot of us is that, like we were talking about with the credit card thing, it's going to happen. There's going to be breaches. Our data is going to get out there. So how are we going to deal with it? How are we going to take responsibility for, okay, I, I, I got a breach notification. I'm going to go in and update my passwords or I'm going to go out and then subscribe to LifeLock or, or any of those other companies that do the, the credit card monitoring. Um, Cause it, it's just like the locks on your house. You can apply as much security to your home as you want to. 
if somebody has the resources and really wants to break into your house, they're going to figure out a way to do it. <laughs> and, and, you know, some, some of the bad guys out there have a lot of resources. So. Yeah. yeah, that's why I think, um, and, and I know we're highlighting the, the credit card fraud stuff a little heavily. And it's, it's crazy because I've had friends that have gone through the whole discovery process after they've been impacted by thousands of dollars, right? Not just like a couple hundred bucks. It was like 12 grand got pulled out of their account because they went and filled up at a gas station. And it was all because just people were, I don't know where across the country or over the seas, wherever they were placed, it was just through digits, like you said, just number sequencing until they found the right sequence and then boom, there's the money. <laughs> yeah. So with some of these new challenges, well, not new challenges, but existing challenges with new creative ways to provide added threats, <laughs> um, are there any upcoming regulations, uh, security regulations that, you know, healthcare organizations can be privy to, um, as well as consumers that can also self-educate them in, themselves in and, you know, find their own ways to create their self awareness as well as their own security barriers they're definitely uh cybersecurity is a hot topic in the at the federal level and at the state levels right now so there's a lot of things coming out about cybersecurity in general trying to to increase the enforcement and, and the consequences of uh you know so that they can catch and, and punish the cybersecurity criminals um, unfortunately, that's only going to take us so far because, like you said, many of them are overseas. You know, if this person's operating out of a, an unfriendly country, there's not much we can really do to them. We can cut off their access and say, you know, that's it. And yeah. then that's another way in. Um, that, uh, interestingly enough, in healthcare specifically, you know, HIPAA is probably the most cited of the, the cybersecurity, you know, things. HIPAA was published in 1996. That is eons ago in, in digital time. <laughs> um, so th there's been various updates throughout the time to, to try and bring it up to speed, uh, but it's still getting, you know, very, very, very dated. Uh, there, there's a new rule coming out last year um, from DHS that I thought was interesting about business associates. And, and it reminded me that when HIPAA was passed, it covered healthcare providers, healthcare insurance companies, and health clearinghouses. The health data clearinghouses. That, that was it. That's all HIPAA actually covers. Um, and, and clearinghouses basically don't exist anymore. That's old technology that's pretty much, to a large part, gone away. It, it, what about Google? Google handles health data now. You know, what about all of these apps that you're able to, to mm -hmm. track and maintain your own personal health record? Well, that's that's not a health insurance company or a health you know healthcare provider. Where does that fall? How is that covered? So. They've been working on some legislation to try and clean that up. Okay. And then Senator Mark Warner sent out a request late last year, I think it was in December, November, December, saying, you know, hey, I need the industry feedback on, you know, what in HIPAA is working, what's missing. Um, we need to update this legislation. So it's definitely getting uh, some attention at the federal level. Um, and, and that's good because, uh, you know, it does need to be updated. That said, <laughs> can't you can regulate behavior. It does not the best way to to approach it. Most effective usually. So it really goes back to what we talked about. It is really a cultural shift within healthcare that everyone is taking responsibility for cybersecurity. It's not just 
we do this because if we don't, we might get fined. Sure, sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I remember, and, and the term HIPAA, I feel like, is used loosely and almost used um, as, like, the, what's, like, your wild card, right? Like, oh, that's HIPAA. That, that's a HIPAA breach. Eh, you're some, some of the times it is, right? But most of the time that we're trying to flag it and pull it out, it's, a, it's an overuse or abuse of that notion, if you will. And I think it's always interesting when people really look at the true definition of HIPAA, um, as well as like, you know, protective health information and your and your other personal identifiable information, right? It's it's interesting that the the lack of understanding and comprehension of those terms and the fact that they are outdated, right? You touch on so many great components about the applications. I mean, I have the Apple Watch, I have the health app that's connected to it. I don't know where any of that information is going to, but Every time we scroll through that, you know, terms and conditions and consent form very quickly on our phones, it's just agree. But what are we agreeing to? Right? No, we know what we're agreeing to if we took the time to read it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I I don't, and I'm a you know security professional. I still okay. This thing's 120 pages long. I'm not going to read through this. I want to use my new device. You know exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, HIPAA once again it covers the United States. You know, I have my, my handy dandy little aura ring, which I absolutely love, but the, the company is based in, in uh, Europe, I forget, Norway or, or, or you know, okay. one of those company, countries. So all my data is over there. Is it covered by HIPAA? I don't know, you know? So, you okay. know, there, there's also taking this beyond just the United States and, and how do we address this at, at a but international or global level? Yeah, I didn't even think I didn't even consider that. But yeah, what's going on across across the seas when we're when we're using these other pl- products or platforms? Like my ATS is based in India, so is that where all of our data is actually being hosted and housed? And what happens if there's a breach with my ATS provider? Right, like at what risk am I not only putting myself in, but also my potential candidates that are within our pipeline? It, it's it's really interesting when we start looking at you know this type of breach you know of course we talk about it being cybersecurity right because it's a digital attack it's not rooted within state or country borders <laughs> it is national it's international it's, it's it's worldwide impact so I think it's really interesting as we start thinking about you know how we can become more self aware how we can be responsible for what we're regulating and. I think even really reevaluating, is this information necessary for what it is that this person's here for? Yeah. Are we taking it just so we have it, so we can identify the person in case of X, Y, and Z? Or are we taking it for a purpose and is it actually providing a sense of value? And that's where I always start to question things like, eh, what, what is this for? Like, how long do you need to know about this? Yes, I, I broke my arm roller skating 40 years ago. What is this going <laughs> to do? <laughs> right? yeah. But I also don't know because I'm not in that field. So I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's was a reason at some point, but are our reasons evolving as the changes and threats and the issues around us are also evolving? Yeah, I mean that that's you know, I have that argument every time I go in to, to see a, a new physician, they're like, We need your social security number. I'm like, No, you don't. Yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> on the form, we need it. I'm like, yeah, what are you gonna use it for? No, you don't. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> 
it's it's so interesting. I, I just find it so fascinating, and all of this, and the new the world of technology. I think is just an interesting thing for me. Um, I unfortunately did not have the mental capacity or the scope to really latch onto it. So I, I worked more closely with professionals like you that understood it. <laughs> So share with me a little bit more, Charles, you know, what's really the next step inside of your consulting organization that you're up to? Um, how are you creating an added awareness around, you know, the product offering that you provide, um, the service that you provide to your clients as well? Um, I'd love for our listeners to know a little bit more about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, so really the focus of our organization right now is on doing assessments, helping people figure out where they're at risk. Um, so we, we do uh, HIPAA compliance assessments. We'll go through and look at your security, your privacy, and, and help you figure out where you may be at risk for a, a regulatory fine or a non-compliance, uh, um, uh, what do they call it, a cap? Oh, okay. Uh, I remember those. <laughs> and uh, a lot of paperwork involved for those. <laughs> a lot of paperwork, a lot of pain and suffering involved when, when the federal government comes in and says, you need to correct the corrective action plan. That's what a cap. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, and then uh, our, on top of that, what we can offer, what we do offer, is going beyond just HIPAA. Because I said HIPAA is dated, the requirements within HIPAA, you know, they're, they're important and they form a good foundational level. But then we use, um, within my organization, we use the CIS controls, to, which are more of hmm. an industry agnostic cybersecurity assessment that goes into a lot more detail of, you know, all right, you've got a password policy. Does the password policy, it doesn't meet current standards, is it sufficient? You know, all HIPAA requires is that you have a policy, you know, now let's take it down another level. Um, and so we can go through and, and help the organizations really refine their risk down to even a device level of this specific device has the following risks on it. Um, and then, okay, you've got a list of, of risks of things you need to address. What do you do with it? And that's where we can help with a kind of management and project management services, going back to, to my project management background. Uh, okay, let's put together a remediation plan roadmap and help you get the resources engaged you need to get this stuff fixed so that you're as secure cool. as you can reasonably be. Awesome. That's so cool, Charles. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on the Chief Psycho Podcast. We're at the end of our interview session today. Um, any closing comments? And can you please share how anyone can get a hold of you? Just want to say an absolute pleasure as always, Jonathan. Uh, it's really good to see you again, and I'm glad to hear the move to, to San Diego went well, even if the weather isn't so great. Um, <laughs> yeah, if anyone wants to get a hold of us, we're available on LinkedIn. And once again, it's Hale, H-A-L-E, Consulting Solutions, LLC. Or you can reach out to us on our website, uh, www.haleconsultingsolutions.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Charles, for joining us on the Chief Psycho Podcast and educating me as well as our listeners on the importance of cybersecurity. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day and thank you to all our listeners. Thank you.